Well, open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. We're going to be reading in chapter 3 this morning. I realize that I've swapped this service around a little bit, but I'll trust as the service goes on, you'll see what the Holy Spirit is doing this morning. John chapter 3. Verse 25. And there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ but that I am sent before him. (laughs) He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom which stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that comes from above is above all, He that is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He that comes from heaven is above all. And what hath he seen and heard, he testifies, and no man receives his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God hath sent speaks the words of God, for God gives not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loves the Son and hath given all things unto his hand. He that believes on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believes not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Lord God, for your presence in this house today, Father. And I thank you for this congregation, and I thank you for this moment in time, Father. And I pray today, Lord God, that you would direct my words and direct my thoughts, God, that I might glorify you. And Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, Lord God, to preach your word, God. And I pray, Father, that I would, Lord God, with the same measure in which you gave it to me, Father. May your kingdom come and may your will be done. For it's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the book of Ezekiel, there's a story where Ezekiel is told by God to go down to the house of the Lord. And when he gets down there, he sees all the things you would expect to see at the house of the Lord. He sees the priest making sacrifices. He sees the priest inside doing all the things that the priests do. He saw everything as he expected it in the house of the Lord. But during the course of his vision, as he saw everything you would expect in the house of the Lord, the Lord told him to dig a hole in the wall. And this is a vision, and so he didn't really do it, but in, 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 a, in, a, in a vision, he dug a hole in the wall through the temple. And when he got behind the wall, when he got on the other side, he saw these same priests who in the front of the temple were making sacrifices. He saw these same priests in the back as they lifted up their eyes and their hands to the sun, the moon, and the stars to worship the gods of heaven. He saw the women in the house where 
before they were making tapestries and being a part of what God was calling them to do. When he dug through the wall on the other side, he saw them preparing cakes and, and things that they were going to offer to idols. When he was in the front of the building, he saw everything as it should be among the children. But when he got in the back, when he dug through the wall and he got in the back, he found that the children were participating as they made their sacrifices and did the things that they did unto the gods of the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all of the idols. And God said, see how the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So last night, I dreamed a dream, and I didn't think too much of it. But as I've been going through the morning here, the Lord seems to keep prompting me about this dream that I dreamed last night. And then this dream, in this dream I saw a lot of people, but in this dream I dreamed last night, I, I saw some of your faces. And in this dream, I saw much what Ezekiel saw. I saw you in the church and I saw you as you were doing your position or as we were sitting in your seat and, and, and I didn't see everybody. I just saw a few. But I saw you as you were doing the things that you knew to do in the church. But then as I stepped around a wall, I saw other things going on. And I saw some caught up in such illicit sexuality that I could not believe it. Caught up with the sexual perversion that we find in our world. In the front, you look good. But as I looked in the back, I, I saw you caught up in, in extreme wickedness. I, I saw some, not, I didn't see everybody, just a few. I saw, as in the front, you were giving of your tithe and doing everything that looked good. But in the back, I saw you sitting at a table with coins of gold stacked up above your head and, and counting and scheming and trying to figure out how can I get more gold and how can I become richer and how can I prosper myself in, in what I'm doing. And even though in the front you look good, in the back I could tell that your love was for the love of money and that is the root of all evil and that love of money was causing you to simply give God what he deserved but not to go any further than that. Are you loving this yet? I saw, I saw one or two that were consistent and, and very faithful and, 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 and great. But when I stepped around the wall, I saw you make incisions without any regard of what God's desire was for your life. Totally bent, hell bent, if you would, on doing what you wanted to do without any regard of what the Spirit of God was do doing things that only bring you pleasure and not having any regard at all for what God was trying to draw your heart away from, but instead doing it because it gave you a sense of pleasure, 
because you enjoyed it, because you, and I'm not, I'm not saying it was anything wrong. It's just the fact that God was trying to draw you in a different direction and you were bent on not going that direction. Not gonna, not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. And as I saw this dream and as I thought, like I said, I got up this morning and I said, oh man, that was, that was just a dream. That was crazy. But as I continued to go through Sunday school and sermon this morning, I, I, I started to feel like that maybe God this morning is, is wanting some to see that in order for God to increase, you're going to have to decrease. In order for you to be able to be what God is calling you to be, you're going to have to lay aside. You know, sometimes we think that if we can't overcome something, you know, like if you're having trouble with pornography or you're having trouble with lust or you're having trouble with, with, with gossiping or, you, or you're, you're constantly offended or, or something like that, so sometimes we think if we can't overcome it, then we're going to get to heaven with it. Are you with me? We think that if we can't, just because, you'll, say th you'll say this. You say, how do you know you say this? Because I used to say this. Well, I only do it once in a while, and it's just whenever I'm so overcome that I can't do anything about it, and it's, it, just, it just bowls me over, and, I just, and then I ask forgiveness, and God forgives me, and he knows who I am, and he understands what I am. But I want to tell you this morning that God made a way for you to defeat every lust of the flesh. God made a way for you to be an overcomer. God made a way for you to be able to walk past everything that the Lord has convicted you of, everything that the Lord has told you is wrong, everything that the God, God of heaven has said for you in a personal way. God has made a provision that you could overcome it and for you to simply fall to it and to simply say, oh, well, the devil made me do it. I get forgiven. I press on. I'm telling you, that's a dangerous place to be because if he increases and you decrease, you'll find that you're more than a conqueror through him that loved you and you'll find that you can defeat every lust of the flesh if you'll just give it to Jesus and walk away from it. But you don't walk away from it because you love it. You won't walk away from it because you love it. You like the feeling it gives you. You, you like the, the thrill it gives you. You like the feelings, the emotions. You like the, the prestige it gives you. You like it. And because you like it and won't let it go, it puts you in a dangerous spot. I'm not going to say it will send you to hell. I'm not sure about that. But here's what I am sure. It's going to cause you not to get what God has for you. It'll cause you to walk always in a spiritual penitence, always never spiritually strong, always fall into the lust of the flesh, never able to be more than a conqueror through him that loved, never accomplishing what God has given you to accomplish. It will hold you back and it may not send you to hell, but it sure cause you not to do what God has given you to do on this earth. Jacob thought... Going to church and paying the tithes was enough. Jacob met God in Bethel, house of the Lord, and he said, as long as you're with me, I'll pay my tithes. So Jacob paid his tithes and went to church, and Jacob thought that was enough. But when you look at Jacob's family, his family is made up of four wives when God told us to only have one. His family is made up of four wives He's got 11 kids, eventually 12 kids, but at this particular time I'm thinking of, he had 11 kids, 
And of the 11 he had, only Joseph was the one that was ever trying to live for God. His life was a mess. His life was in shambles. He wasn't accomplishing what God had given him. He had tried to make it his own way. He had cheated and connived and schemed and done everything that he had always done his whole life. And he had come out of there rich. He had come out of there prosperous. He had come out of there with money in his pocket. He had come out of there living the good life. But his family was wrecked. His family was wrecked. And it wasn't until he fought with an angel and God touched the hollow of his thigh and made him walk with a limp that Jacob suddenly realized, I can't do it this way. I've got to to become more what God called me to do. And the Bible says he gathered up the idols from out of his camp and he buried them in a place where nobody could find them. He threw away his idols. He changed his life. He changed his situation. He changed everything. God changed his name from Jacob to Israel and he became the man of God that God wanted him to become. But he couldn't do it until he realized that following God was more than just paying your tithes and going to church. Judah, his son, who means praise, Judah thought just being under that family was good enough. I mean, Judah was doing good. Judah had sons. Judah, had, Judah, was, Judah was doing good. He had, he had property. He, had, he, had, he was a rich man. He was doing well. But when we look at Judah's sons, we find out that the oldest one God killed because he was so mean. And then the second one so violated the law of God that he killed him too. And so Judah lost his first two boys. The the youngest one's named Shelah, S-H-E-L-A-H, Shelah. And he told him, he told the wife, her name was uh, Tamara, I think it was. He told her, he says, you wait till Shelah gets old enough to get married and I'll give you to him. But the boy became old enough to be married and he didn't give her, he lied to her. He lied to her. And so she, she schemed a scheme. She went down where sheep herders often go to find prostitutes and she dressed up like a prostitute and who should come bebopping down the road but Judah looking for a woman. That's godly. And he found one. It happened to be his daughter-in-law but because she was wearing a garb, he didn't recognize her. And he fathered two, girl, two, two boys by her. And whenever it was found out that his daughter-in-law was with child, he said, bring her to the stake and burn her. This self-righteous, smug, rich person who was living a life in the front like he was a godly man, but out there chasing harlots, wanted to pass judgment on this woman and was going to burn her at the stake for being a harlot. And guess what he found out? She brought his staff and she brought his, bra- his bracelet, his signet, and she said, these are the men that fathered these, child- these children. And Judah said, she's more righteous than I am. And Judah changed his life. You say, how do you know Jesus changed his life? Because when I find, when I find Simeon caught up in prison and I find Benjamin caught up in prison, it's Judah that says, send me and let me give my life for the life of my brothers. Judah changed. Why did Judah change? Because Judah realized that I'm not going to make it to where God wants me to be living my life like this. You can't live a half-hearted Christian life and expect God to do everything God wants to do with you. You can't be caught up in the wiles of the wickedness of this world and begin to say, well, it's not that bad. It, you, 
can't just watch anything you want to watch when, when they're using God's name in vain and they're using the, all kind of words that you, that you would wash your kid's mouth out with soap for using. And I know that because I've got my mouth washed out with soap. Thank you, Mother. When you're watching shows and that, then the, the stream of profanity flowing from, the sexuality flowing from this, the, just tr the tremendous wickedness that shows up on these TV shows and we watch it and laugh at it. I'm telling you, it's a dangerous situation. I, t I told Kathy one time, I, I told this story yesterday, but I told Kathy one time, you know, I think the best show I ever saw on, um, on, on the Tombstone was a show called Tombstone. It had a, a Val Kilmer and don't shake your head that you know, I know about it. No. It had Val Kilmer and it had uh, Kirk Douglas, I think, and that, that guy, that big, uh, everybody loves, Sam, whatever his name is. Yeah, Sam Elliott. Man, that's a man's man, ain't it? Woo! I mean, I think he's pretty <laughs> himself. <laughs> it had those guys in it. Man, I, I told Kathy, I said, man, I think this is the best West, I think this is the best show I ever watched. And so one night she says, well, if it's so great, put it on. So I did. I couldn't believe I ever watched it. The profanity, the sexuality, the nastiness. It was, I said, I told Kathy, I, don't, I think they re, I must have watched the television version. <laughs> this is horrible. This is wicked. This is horrible. And those things destroy your Christian advantages. Those things destroy what you think. Those things get in your mind and you start to think it doesn't matter. But I want to tell you something this morning. The Holy Spirit's trying to tell you this morning that it matters because until you and I decrease, God can't increase. A thousand times in this sanctuary I've heard the Lord say through tongues and interpretation, if you'll take the first step, I'll come running to you. But it takes the first step on my part before he does his part. And until I make my decision to decrease and turn away from all these things of sin that are driving me away from him, until I make that decision, he doesn't increase until I decrease. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. I'm telling you, my friends, Jesus is coming. I don't know if he's coming today or not. He might. But I sure don't think it's going to be that long. And he is coming. And he's not coming back for the abominable. He's not coming back for the fearful. He's not coming back for the whoremonger. He's not coming back for those who are caught up in idolatry. He's not coming back for those who want to live for Jesus and live with their on the side things as well. It's not going to happen for that person. And I'm telling you this morning to be very careful at what you're doing and where you're at in life right now. Because if you treat Jesus, if you treat God, if you treat the Holy Spirit as an afterthought and you think because you come to Oak Grove and because you feel the presence of the Lord and because you leave out of here better than when you came in, but when you go home, your life doesn't change I'm telling you, you're confooling yourself. Back, back in the 80s, we used to do something that was always fun. We would have a youth revival. And at the end of that youth revival, back in the 80s, 
we'd have a burn barrel outside. Some of y'all are shaking your heads. You know exactly where I'm going. We used to have a burn barrel outside. And the last night of the youth revival would be the night when we bring our idols. And I've seen I, we, all the teenagers would bring their idols. they bring their records. they bring their tapes. they bring whatever it was that the Lord had convicted them of that week during the youth revival. And they would bring them that night. And at the end of the service, we would start a fire in that big barrel and we would throw all that stuff in. Anybody remember that? Back in those days, they told us that some of the records, if you turned them backwards, had satanic messages on them. Remember that? So we'd always get records and turn them backwards. Try to hear, see if we could hear some kind of message on there. Some of them did. But we would bring those things. We would burn them. We would get rid of them out of our lives. But I've often wondered, as I've grown up, I've often wondered how many times we burned that stuff on Sunday and Wednesday went out and bought it again. <laughs> And all I'm telling you this morning, all I'm telling you this morning is that in order for God to increase in your life, in order for you to accomplish what God has given you and you alone to fulfill, because I can't fulfill your destiny. I can only fulfill mine. But in order for you to fulfill the destiny that God has ordained for you, then it's going to require that you decrease. It's going to require that you put away some things that you've become very comfortable with. Very, very comfortable with living with whatever it is that the Lord's talking to your heart about right now. It's important that you learn to put those things aside. I don't think Judas ever thought he would crucify Christ. I don't think Judas ever thought that he would be the one. I don't think Judas even knew it was a thing. At first... But what got Judas? The love of money got Judas. Judas saw the money. He kept hold of the bag. And the Bible says he was a thief. So I never read about any of the other disciples saying anything about Judas stealing money except John. John's the only one that says he was a thief. So really and truly, I think, I think Judas' sole thievery was the fact that he didn't pay tithes from out of that bag. I think he robbed God by not giving the tithes out of that bag. That's my opinion. You're welcome to yours. But the love of money caused Judas to think, if I can force Christ to show that he's the king of Israel and he set me up on the throne, I'll have more money. I'll have more prestige. I'll be somebody in this, in this city. And so he betrayed Christ, thinking that Christ would somehow show his glory and save himself. This is my opinion. And whenever he did not, then Judas went to the priest and he said, I have betrayed innocent blood. He knew it when he did it. But he hoped that the love of money would make him prosper. He hoped that Jesus would sit upon a throne. He hoped that he would be ruling the tribe of Israel. He hoped that he would be richer today than he was yesterday. But that desire to be rich caused him to betray Christ. And I'm telling you today that a continual love of money, a continual desire to have more and more. Oh, you may be paying your tithe. You may be, and that may be fine. But I'm telling you, if you're continually pressing for more and more and more because you want to get more and more and more. It's going to come a time that it's going to rob you of your relationship with God because whenever God gives you money, 
not so that you can be rich. It's so that when God moves upon your heart to say, give a hundred here, bless this person, pay this, do that, that you have... He did, the Bible says that when the Jews left out of, the, out of Egypt, the Bible says that there wasn't a sick one among them and they left there with all the money in their pocket. Every one of them had pockets full of gold. Did God give them that money so they could be rich? No, he gave them that money so when they got out there in the wilderness of sin and they were working on trying to build a temple for God, they were able to have to give of what God had given them to give into the house of the Lord so that they could build the temple and their heart was so convinced on what Moses was doing that Moses finally had to say, don't bring any more. Our storehouses are full. We don't need anything else. God prospered them and prospered them and prospered them. Why? So that they could build the kingdom of God. Are you understanding what I'm telling you? We can get so distraught on what's going on around. We can, we can heap to ourselves riches. We can heap to ourselves things. We can get upset and angry and look and say, you know what, in five years I'm going to do this and I'm going to go into this ministry and I'm going to do this and I'm going to help this and I'm going to do that. And five years from now, guess what? You say in five more years I'll have enough that I can do this and do this and do this and five years comes down and guess what? In five more years I can do this, do this and you end up being an old man, 65 years old and death haven't accomplished anything God's given you, but you're still saying in five more years, whenever my 401k, 1k cashes in, I'll be able to do what God's given me to do. And I'm just telling you, if you haven't done it in the last 30 years, I doubt you're going to do it in the next five. It took a little bit of faith and a little bit of support from a helpful wife for me to walk away from a job where I had no cares and no concerns to take a, a church where I didn't even know how much I was going to make. It took a little bit of a step of faith. And God coddled me. God strengthened me. And one day I was sitting in front of the Lumberton Middle School right there across from the old Walmart. And I started thinking, what am I going to do? What, how, how much money am I going to, am I going to have? I, I don't even know how much money this is. God just gave me a plan. I gave it to the board. We didn't figure it. We just gave it and they agreed to it. And so we're fixing to do it. And I'm sitting there thinking, I don't, man, I don't know how much this is. Am I going to have, a, I guess I'm going to have enough. And I know, I know God supplies my needs. But I'm telling you what, I was sitting there in that truck going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And all of a sudden, I felt the presence of God come in that truck. Ooh, he came in that truck. And he said, let not your conversation be filled with covetousness. Don't continually tell me about what you don't have. And be content with such things that you have. For I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And I'm telling you, in that particular moment in my life, I felt all of my concern about money leave. And I'm going to tell you the truth. This is the truth. You may not believe it. But God gave me such faith in that particular moment in time that if the board would have called me and said, we're not going to be able to pay you anything, I'd have said, that's fine. We're going to keep moving on. Because I was confident in that moment that God could supply my needs if I had no income coming in. Why? Because he said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. He's with me. And for me to come in here and demand that I have a certain amount of money and a certain amount of, of prestige and a certain amount of, of retirement and a certain amount of everything, for me to come in here and demand that and say I won't pastor the church unless you can meet these needs, in my mind, that's like saying that God can't supply what God can supply and I'm not coming if you can't do what I ask you to do. 
And all I'm telling you is that in order for that, that's, that's increase. To decrease says, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. And if I got to eat turnips and live in a tent, then that's what we'll do. As long as I'm in the will of God, that's fine. Because sooner or later, God will promote me to where he wants me to be. Decreasing and increasing. You Give the Lord a hand. It's, that's all glory to God. It's not glory to me. You're never going to increase in the Lord till you learn to decrease in yourself. So this morning, as I close, I'd like for the praise team to come back up or come up. Unless the Lord's convicting you, if the Lord's convicting you, then stay down. Because this morning, we're going to have a time of worship. And, and, I, and I simply want to tell you, if no one responds to the altar this morning, that's, that's your business. I also want to tell you this. Don't come up to me afterward and ask me if I saw your face. Because I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. That's between you and God. He didn't give that to me for me to tell you. You should already know. So don't ask me because I'm not going to tell you. But I just want to tell you this morning that if you want God to increase in your life, then there's a crucifixion that has to occur. There's a crucifixion that has to occur. Paul said that he is crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. The things that I now do, I do not because of me, but because of Christ that lives in me. He goes on to say, I do not frustrate God's grace. I don't keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning and keep sinning when I know it's wrong. I don't just keep doing it. I let God deliver me from it. And I'm not going to stand up here this morning and try to tell you everything that's a sin because God said to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So this morning, you work it out. But I want to give you opportunities. They worship the Lord this morning and as we have our worship time, if God has moved on your heart, God has touched your soul. If he's pinpointed something and shined a light on it and said this needs to be dealt with, then I want to encourage you this morning to make your way down and deal with it. Whether you stand, whether you kneel, doesn't matter to me. But I need you to deal with it. Not, not for my sake, not for the sake of this church, but I want you to do it because I love you. I love you, and I want to see God's best for you. I want to see you accomplish what, you know, when my son began to play Little League, okay, they're the only ones standing, so y'all are still sitting, so I'm good. When my son started playing Little League, I was shocked at how much fun I, watched, I had watching him field a ground ball. 
I was shocked at how loud I screamed whenever he got a base hit. I just couldn't believe how much I got into the games. I could not believe it. And at one time in one game, Kathy, I was fussing at Kenan because he was making, he was, he was playing bad. He needed a little, he needed a little, little encouragement, maybe. And Kathy even told me, if you can't settle down, you're going to have to go sit in the truck. And I ended up in the truck. She finally said, go sit in the truck, you're too loud. Because I was so into it. I couldn't believe how much I got involved in, in the game whenever he was playing. I couldn't believe how I, I, I was more into the games he was playing than I was whenever I was playing. And I told you that to tell you this. When I see God bless you, I'm into it. When I see the light come on in your eyes and I see God begin to pour his spirit upon you, I'm going, praise God, yes. When I see you begin to make decisions that glorify God and I begin to see the power of God begin to grow in you, when I start seeing you start to become the man and the woman of God and quit wallowing in the mud and wallowing in the vomit and wallowing in the trash that you have wallowed in and I start seeing you step out of that and I start seeing the glory of the Lord shine on your face, I'm telling you I'm more into it for you than I was for myself because I love you. And I want to see God use you and make you mighty in his behalf. I want to see God do great things in your life. I want to see you do exploits. I want to, I want to be one of the ones that watch you whenever you killed that giant. And he goes tumbling to the ground. I want to be the one out there with my arm around your shoulder said, now let's take his head off. I want to be out there because I get excited when I see God do great things in your life. And if you'll stand with me this morning, I'll quit. So this morning as they play, if you need to make a change in your life, mentally, physically, financially, whatever that change needs to be. I, I, I'm going to tell you what I just heard. I just... The Holy Spirit, I just heard him say that some are afraid to totally commit to the Lord, to seek the very baptism of the Spirit, to seek the deeper things of God. You're scared to seek him because you're afraid of what he'll do. You're afraid he'll treat you like Misty and call you into the ministry when you don't really want to go into ministry. She confessed that last week. I'm not telling you something that we don't know. You're afraid, you're afraid he's going to ask you to go to some foreign land like Candace and you don't really want to go. You're afraid he's going to ask you to be a, a Sunday school teacher like Mike and Brenda Samay and you just, you just don't feel like you can just teach a class. You're afraid he's going to force you to commit to, to being consistent and putting church as a priority for you and you're afraid of what that might mean for you. And I want to just tell you that the fearful, the fearful, those who are afraid, those who take their one talent and because they're afraid, they don't do anything with it and they hold on to it. Those are the ones that are not commended by God. So if fear is keeping you in your seat, if the fear of what God might call you into, the fear of where God might send you, the fear 
of what God might require of you. The fear of if I totally commit to God. Because I'm telling you right now, if, if you're not totally committed to God, it, it shows. Can I tell you that? It, I'm not being ugly here. I'm just telling you it shows. And it doesn't show in your actions as much as it shows in your worship. Because people who are recklessly abandoned for Christ worship a certain way. And as people hold back things, they worship differently. And I'm not saying I can always spot that. I'm just telling you it's an observation that I've made over my 65 years of going to church. So I want to tell you this morning, if you're fearful of what God may call you to do, or you're fearful of where God may send you, or you're fearful of the commitment that he may require of you, if those fears live in your heart today, then the Bible says that the fearful are the ones that are in trouble. So don't be fearful. Give it to God. I've been pastor here now since 2011. And I'm going to tell you, I hadn't missed any meals. I hadn't missed any bills. I've never gone without. And God has blessed me every step of the way. Huh? Full time. Full time since 2011. God has prospered me. And God will prosper you too. But it requires you to take that step to let him know that I know, God, that you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. So as they play this morning, I'm done. If you desire to come down and worship, if you desire to come down and repent, if you desire to do whatever you want to do, then I want to urge you to make your way down. We may not have a dismissal prayer, just whenever they get through playing and you get through praying, we'll just end it. We'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock for birthday and anniversary. Let God do what he wants to do in your heart this morning.
Amen. Amen. So we're going to do that for just a second here. You know, when, when, when Jacob wrestled with the angel and they changed his name to Israel, the first thing he did was gather up all the idols and he buried them. He got rid of them. So this morning, for just a moment, we're going to spend just a minute. And if while you're down here, the Lord has revealed to you some idol, something that you have, that you, like he just said, and he has said before, something that you put down, but then you pick back up. I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing. We put it down. But then over the course of time, the desire for it becomes so strong that we pick it back up. Whatever it might be, we just, we just can't walk away from it. And the Lord this morning is offering all of us the opportunity to be free. I know it's as easy as saying no, but sometimes I, can't, I couldn't say no. And until I realized, God, I can't do this, then God set me free. So this morning, we're going to spend just a minute here this morning. We're going to offer up a prayer that says, Lord, help us to not only put our idols away, but help us to bury them where we won't go pick them back up again. So let's pray that this morning. If you, if you feel like you need to pray that, then pray that with me. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you, Almighty God, hallelujah, Lord, that you love us, oh God, that you care for us, oh God, that you are concerned for this congregation, oh God. And Lord, I pray today, oh God, that the idols, Lord God, the the, the, the lusts, Lord God, that we love, Lord God, whether it be things in our mind or things in physical that we do, Lord God, Lord God, whether it be attitudes, Lord God, whether it be whatever it might be, Lord God, whether it's just a feeling of pride, Lord, whatever it is, God, humanism, Father God, the idols, Lord God, that we so quickly run to, Father, this morning, Lord God, we lay them down, Father. We lay them down this morning, God, and we ask you to forgive us, oh God, for having idols in our life, oh God. I don't think anybody in this house this morning, Lord God, wants to have one, Father God. I don't, I don't think it's anybody's desire, Lord God, to live with it, Father God. I think we all, Lord God, want to be free, Lord God. We all are here this morning, God, because we love you, Lord God. But this morning, Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to release those things, God. Lord God, I, I, I plead the blood of Christ over this congregation this morning, O oh God. Lord, and I ask you, O oh Holy Spirit, that you would give strength and power and anointing, Lord God. Father God, that you give them strength not only to not do whatever the idol is, but Lord God, you give them strength, O oh God, to overcome it to where the desire is gone. To where the desire is gone. To where the desire is gone. For, Lord God, as long as that desire is there, it will, eventually, it will eventually kill us. It will eventually kill us. Lord God, in order to remove the idol, Lord God, we have to depend upon you to remove the desire. And that's what I ask today, oh God, is that everyone right now, Lord God, that's asking you to help them with this, oh God, that you would not only remove the idol, Father, but you would remove the desire for that idol, Father. In Jesus' name, God, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, give them freedom this morning, God. If that's you this morning, you just begin to say, God, set me free. God, set me free, God. Lord, free me from the desire, Lord God. Free me from the desire, God. Set me free, Almighty God, so that I don't go back, oh God, so that I don't falter, so that I don't fall, Lord God, so that I don't think that somehow it doesn't matter because it's killing me, God. It's killing me, Lord God. Help me, Lord God. Help me, Lord God, to set it aside. In Jesus' name, God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Just, just worship the Lord with me for just a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, just let that river, let that river start to flow out of you. A river of worship, a river of praise. If it's in English or if it's in the Spirit, doesn't matter to me. Just begin to let that river, that river start. That river will wash it all away. That river will cleanse you this morning. That, li- that river will let you leave out of here this morning in victory. Just begin to let that river flow. Just begin to say, thank you, God, for delivering me. Thank you, God, that you're greater than this, oh God. Thank you, Lord God, that you are the love of my life, God. Thank you, Lord, for your, your love, your mercy, your grace, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for setting me free, God. Come on, just begin to just begin to profess it with your mouth. Believe it in your heart this morning. Hallelujah. God, I'm free because you set me free, God. I will accomplish it because you gave it, you give me the strength to accomplish it. I will make this decision, oh God, because you'll give me the strength to dis- make this decision, God. I worship you, God. I thank you, God. I praise you, God. I glorify you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the river, let the river begin to give you strength. Let the river begin to give you life. Let the river begin to speak to your heart. Let the river begin to set you free this morning. Hallelujah. 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 If you're up here this morning on the platform, let the river, let the river just flow through you too. Come on. If you're on the platform, we're not going to sing here for a minute. Just lift your hands and let the river just flow through you. Come on, let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free. Thank you, Lord, for touching my soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let him wash it all away. Let him wash it all away right now. In the name of Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, I receive your healing. In the name of Jesus, I receive your strength. In the name of Jesus, I receive your power. In the name of Jesus, I receive your anointing. In the name of Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. Hallelujah. Flow, Holy Spirit. Flow, Holy Spirit. Flow, Holy Spirit. Oh, like a mighty sea this morning. Like a mighty sea comes the love of Jesus sweeping over me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The waves of glory roll. The Savior to extol comes the love of Jesus sweeping o'er my soul. Come on. Don't waller in it this morning. Stand up out of it. Don't waller in it this morning. Stand up out of it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're a king's kid. You're a child of the most high God. You're not made to live with pigs. You're not made to live with the turkeys. You're made to soar like an eagle. You're a child of God this morning. Hallelujah. Stand up and realize who you are. Put your crown on. Let him robe you with a crowbar of, of righteousness. Let him bring you out of the spirit of heaviness. Oh, let his Holy Spirit, let it burn within your soul. Realize who you are. I am a child of the most high God. His royal blood flows through my veins. Hallelujah. I'm not a pauper. I am a child of God. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am a child of God. Come on, say it with me. I am a child of God. Say it with me again. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. I am a king. I am a priest. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, realize who you are. Hallelujah. You are a child of God. The weapons of the devil are carnal, but you're not carnal. You hear me? You're not carnal. You belong to a different race of men. <laughs> you belong to a race of men whose home is not on this earth, but whose home is on another side. You belong to a different race. You listen to a different leader. You have a different daddy. I know in the flesh my daddy's Robert Briggs, but in the spirit my daddy is God the Father. I belong to him. Hallelujah. I am his child. His royal blood flows through my veins. His spirit lives in my heart. He gives me power to overcome all the works of the devil. I don't have to be blown around by every wind of doctrine because my, my daddy's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Let's sing one more song before we leave here today. And let's just worship the Lord for a minute. Hallelujah.
you have victory this morning? Everybody feel good? Then say this with me. I feel good. Oh, I feel so good. Oh. God bless you this afternoon. Thank you for letting the Lord deal with your heart this morning. Thank you so much. I love you, I care about you, and uh, I, just, I just want us all to be in heaven together, that's all. just want to see you there, because I love you, I love you, I love this church, I love every chance I get to brag on you, so God bless you, have a great afternoon. Be back tonight at 6, and we'll have a quick service, and then we'll go back to the back and enjoy a time of fellowship. God bless you, have a good afternoon, amen. Hey, if you're on the if you're a member of the church board, we're having a board meeting tonight at five o'clock. So.